Welcome to Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. My name is Matthew Tilly, and I'm the pastor of McConnell Road Baptist, and we're glad that you've joined us for this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org. Um, we're going to be in uh, Jeremiah tonight, and I'm, I'm going to be ambitious, and I just hope y'all will go along for the ride for just a minute, and I'm going to preach the entire book of Jeremiah. Uh, we're going to hit on about 10 verses across the book of Jeremiah, um, and I know how I do. I can, as my wife says, go on and on and on. I know that. So I'm going to try not to go on and on and on tonight. I'm going to just kind of hit the high points and move on. But I, I've got a thought here that I think will be helpful to you. But uh, I think if you'll start, uh, the first passage we're going to look at is in Jeremiah chapter 2. Uh, there will be several that we'll be going through. So keep your Bibles open because we're going to go through this. Um, but we're going to be looking at a concept that's in Jeremiah one thing you need to know about the prophecy of Jeremiah, again, we're trying to cover a lot of ground in one 25, hopefully 25-minute 25 uh, sermon here. We're going to try to cover a lot of ground. But one of the things you need to know about Jeremiah's prophecy it was it was a call to the children of Israel away from their false, prophet, false gods. They'd been worshiping all kinds of false gods. And he, Jeremiah, essentially says to them, you know these false gods. He uses this little, this little Hebrew word, yada, Y-A-D-A is how it's kind of transliterated in the English, but it's a Hebrew word that just, it's a very simple word, very easy to understand word that just means no. It's translated no for the most part in the King James Version. It's the same word that's used in Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 when it says that Adam knew Eve and she conceived and bare Cain. It's also the same word that's used a few verses later when God comes to Cain and says, where's Abel? And Abel says, I don't know where he is. Of course, we know he's lying because he knew exactly where he was. He put him there. So there's this idea that you know something, that there's a, there's a, a familiarity, a closeness, an intimacy, an embrace and Jeremiah is telling the children of Israel, y'all need to not know these false gods like you know them. Instead, he's saying, stop knowing them, stop being familiar with them, cut off your familiarity with them, walk away from what, because what these false gods would do for them is they would give them political, they felt like they gave them political victory. They felt like they would give them financial gain. They would help them satisfy their, 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 their lusts. They would allow them to feel like they were participating in religious rituals and doing good things when, in fact, they were the wrong gods. So he says, don't know these false gods, but instead he offers them, and this is the whole point of Jeremiah, stop following after these false gods, stop knowing them, and instead know the one true God, Yahweh, Jehovah God. He's beckoning them back to being acquainted with to be intimate with the one true God. And he's urging them back to, these, to the one true God, not just because God is better than gods. He is better than gods. He is good. He is real. The other ones aren't real. But he's not just better than the other gods. But 
If you want to be, and this is where it becomes application for us, if you want to be fulfilled as the human being God has created you to be, you cannot do that. It is essential to a fulfilled life for you to know God, to actually know. And when I say that, I want to make sure we understand what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about that you have accepted Jesus as your Savior. I hope that's what I, I hope you know him in that sense. But when he says here, knowing God, it is knowing him in the sense that I know one of my friends. For example, my wife and I, we know one another. What I mean by that is not just that we met down the road sometime, but we have a conversation. We, 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 we get to know one another. We learn about, we care about one another. We spend time with each other. And it's a two-way conversation too. It's not just a one-way, let me tell you what's on my mind. No, we, we talk back and forth. Y'all understand this intuitively because you know people in your life. You've got friends. You've got family members. You've got close people that are people that you know. In the same way, God is to be known. You are to know God, and if you will know God this way, it will fill in parts of your life that are missing. If you don't know God, if you choose to not pursue that relationship with God, there are some very essential parts of your humanity that you're not going to have. And I want to show you this in, this pas- in, these, in these passages across the book of Jeremiah. Before we get started, I do want to stop and just ask the Lord to help me and help you as we, as we take some time to look at his word. Pray with me, please. Father, we want to ask for your help to learn from your word. Would your Holy Spirit please join with us, speak to our hearts, transform our minds, open our eyes to understanding what's here, and help us to walk away from this conversation ready to be close to you, to renew our acquaintance, to just refresh the relationship with you so that we can truly and genuinely know you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The first uh, passage I want to look at, and by the way, I'm, I'm only looking at passages in which that Jeremiah says he wants you to know, and the object of his know of this knowing is God. So know God. That's what he's talking about in each one of these passages. So I want you to see in Jeremiah chapter 2 and look with me in verse 8. And it says there in chapter 2 verse 8, the priest said not, where is the Lord? And they that handled the law knew me not. You see the word know there? Knew me not. They didn't know me or talking about God. The pastors also transgressed against me that word pastors there, he has in mind this idea of shepherds, people that are sh- uh, herding sheep. That's the, that's the sense of that word. Uh, that the pastors also transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. These priests were people who were responsible for the sacrifices. They were the ones who were to take the, the laws laid down in Exodus and Leviticus and in those areas and actually go out and execute that. They were the ones who were supposed to show the people what God wanted from them. The pastors or the shepherds there, they're responsible to look out for the people. That was the idea of what a shepherd does. He oversees, not telling them what to do, but just protecting them and watching out for them. And the prophets he talks about the prophets there. That instead of prophesying for God, these people were supposed to be giving him God's word. But it says, we see there in that verse, it says, they knew me not. They didn't know God. They didn't know him. They were not acquainted with him. They didn't have fellowship with him. And what happens? 
You've got people who are supposed to be in leadership, supposed to be leading the people, and they're leading them in the wrong way. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So if you do not know God, and you look back at what it says there, that these priests, uh, they did not, these are the people that handled the law, they did not know God, so if we don't know God, you're never going to value God's word, and you'll never obey God's word, and you are going to be completely unprofitable. You may say, well, I'm already a Christian. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad you're saved and on your way to heaven. But if you don't spend some time talking to the Lord, you don't spend some time reading His Word, you don't know God, having that conversation with Him, you're going to go the wrong direction and you're going to lead people in the wrong direction. You're going to be out of sync with what God wants for you. So it is essential, if you want to honor God's law, you better know Him. Go to the next passage in chapter 4 and verse 22, just a couple pages over. In chapter 4 and verse 22, this is following a few verses, starts about verse 19, goes down to verse 21, and Jeremiah is prophesying the destruction of Israel. And as he's prophesying this, you can imagine, if you, if you had to have a prophecy that was prophesying the destruction of your country and your family, you would be upset by that, wouldn't you? If you had to tell the America, we're Americans here, if you had to tell America, God's going to destroy this nation, and you knew that for a fact because God had revealed that to you, I sure hope it would upset a few of us because we love this country. And that's the way Jeremiah was. He loved Israel. These were his people, and he cared for them, and he knew he had to prophesy their destruction but look what happens in verse 22, chapter 4 and verse 22. It says there, the reason this is happening is for my people is foolish. They have not known me. This is God speaking. Those people have not known me. They're foolish. They are sottish children. That's, that idea of sottish is just they're foolish. It's another, another synonym for foolish. And they, have not, and they have none understanding. They are wise but what are they wise to? They're wise to do evil. They're smart how to do evil. But, do, but to do good, they have no knowledge. Here, this destruction is coming on these people because they did not know God, because they were foolish. They were acting like undisciplined children. And y'all know what that looks like, because y'all know how to complain about that. We know how to complain about undisciplined children. Don't we? When we see it, we know them children need somebody to talk to them. Well, God's people were acting like that. And if we're honest, sometimes we act that way in terms of spiritual matters. We act that way to the point where what these people knew how to do was evil. They didn't know how to operate properly. They didn't know how to do good. And if you don't know God, and I'm talking about that acquaintance, make that acquaintance with him, spend the time with him, hear from him, speak to him, get to know God in the way that you would get to know another person, get to know him. If you don't do that, you are destined, you are doomed to continually to make a mess out of your life. Now, again, I don't mean to, to be ugly to any of y'all in here. Some of y'all are, are my elders age-wise and spiritually in a lot of ways. So please take this with every bit of respect that I mean it, because I do mean a lot of respect when I tell you this. Left to your own devices, the best among us knows not how to live our lives. We will be off in a ditch somewhere spiritually, emotionally, morally, even physically. We are in these positions because we are not wise. I can think about my own self and some of the, some of the decisions I make and some of the commitments I make and I overextend myself and I 
push my body and my mind to do things that I ought not have to spend that much time. I'm, I'm wasting my energies against things that shouldn't. Why? Because I'm not spending the time getting to know the Lord, spending the time letting His wisdom direct me. I'm going on my own understanding. And you'll ruin your body, you'll ruin your mind, you'll ruin your soul by doing that. Until and unless you get to know God, you will not have His wisdom and you will ruin yourself. You're doomed and destined to do so. Go to chapter 5 with me. And we're just going to look at verses 4 and 5. In the first, uh, first three verses of chapter 5, uh, there's a search that's underway. There's a search committee that has been formed, and that search committee is looking for strong men, strong-minded, God-honoring men. And he's coming up empty. That's a real sad situation, isn't it? Uh, that might be a commentary that might be able to be applied in our country today, unfortunately. That we are searching high and low, and there is not enough strong-minded, God-honoring men. The kind of men, as he says in verse 5, I'm skipping down to verse 5, he says there um, in verse 5, I will get me unto, unto the great men, that's the kind of man he wants, and I will speak unto them, for they have known the way of the Lord. Those kind of men are men who know God. They spend time with Him. They are acquainted with Him. They are familiar with Him. They know Him. They know the judgment of their God. But these have altogether broken the yoke, the alternative. These people who are not knowing God, they have broken the yoke. They have burst the bonds. So there's a search underway and throughout the whole country, and there's nobody turns up. Instead, what do they find? Go back to verse 4. Therefore I said, surely these are poor. They are foolish. They're poor. He's talking about not just necessarily financially poor, but the fact that they are lowly. They are weak. They are not able to do what they're supposed to do. I just want to say this. I'm not trying to be overly hyper-masculine when I say what I say, but there are some things that we need men. I'm talking about males in our culture, in our society, and in our churches to do. And there are too many men who do not do that. Either they haven't been trained to do it, that's possible, we'll, we'll have to grant some of these men that, or they have been good mamas and daddies that told them how to act as men, and they have abdicated their responsibility. And I think in our churches especially, there are too many men who are, are comfortable laying back, sitting back, and letting the women do all the work. No offense to women, they, they have a right and responsibility, they are children of God, but I do believe, strongly believe, that God has a place for men to do a work in his church, and I'm afraid that we have abdicated that. And the reason for that is because we do not get our strength, for, we are, we are, rather we're getting our strength from the things that we want to do. This is why men do what they do. If you go to this passage here, it says there, they're not listening to God. They, that what did I say there in verse 5? They have altogether broken the yoke. You know what the yoke is? It's something on, on, some, on some animals to kind of keep them in line. And you know what the men have done? I don't really want to do that. That feels uncomfortable. I don't like that. I don't want to do that. That's not my job. I'd let somebody else to do that. So they're not doing what God's saying to do. They're not staying in line. And because of that, if you go down to verse 6, you'll see that it says, Wherefore, because of that, a lion out of the forest shall slay them, and a wolf of the evenings shall spoil them. A leopard shall watch over their cities, and every one that goeth out thence shall be torn in pieces, because their transgressions are many, and their backslidings are increased. 
If we want to protect our families, if we want the strength of God, if we want to protect our country, we want to protect our church, we want to protect our communities, if we really want that, and I know I'm talking largely to the men, although I think this applies both to men and women, if we want this, we have to be acquainted with, we've got to get to know God because He's the one that our strength comes from. Because left to my own devices, you know what I want to do? I am lazy as sin. You also know about your Old Testament history. Josiah is the last good king of, his, of Judah. After that, they've got, a whole, they've got a few more left, but man, they get worse. They just go downhill. So he's calling them to, to repent. But what do they do? And if you were to go back to verses 4 and 5, you would see they just continue to wander away. They continue to wander away. They continue to do this. Let me just say as a side note here, this is the way of man. This is the way that all of us do. There is none of us, including you in this room, that are ever going to get on the, if you will, the right path and just stay there. You know what we do? It's always, always. It is a cycle. It's always a cycle. We're doing right. We get tempted. We go away. God has to call us back. We have to repent. This is, this is normal, this is right, this is proper, but as long as we repent and get on the right spot, right spot, then we're in a good place. But he says in verse 7, even the wild animals know to come home to safety. They know where to be and when to be. They know the seasons. They know where, when to go south. They know when to come back up north. They know what to do. They know how to do these. These are wild animals and nobody's telling them. They're just doing what is natural for them. But he says, God's people, they don't know God's judgment. They don't know God. They're not spending time with him. And because of that, they're choosing, as he says in verse 3, they've chosen death over life. They hold on to lies, he says in verse 5. They have rushed, as he says in verse 6. He actually talks about this, this idea that, what have I done? Everyone turned to his own course as the horse rusheth into battle. He says these people are headlong jumping into their sin and they are hurting themselves. Knowing God is essential for our repentance. If we do not know God, you know what we're going to do? We will want, and some of you have seen, you've seen people do this. You've seen some people. You probably even know, you probably even have some names coming to your mind. People that are wondrously, wandering, wandering aimlessly away from home. And home, I'm not talking about necessarily the place you sleep and put your head. I'm talking about their spiritual home. They're not going to a church. They're not part of a church. They're not, they're not involved in a church. They're not talking to the Lord. They, would say, they might say things like, well, I'm just going through a hard time right now. Or they might say things like, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I've got a, a lot of bitterness in my heart. Or I've got a problem. Whatever, they're, they've got excuses. We all have excuses, but they're wandering aimlessly far from home. And why is that? I will tell you it's because they don't know God. You say, well, I think they're saved. Well, I'm not judging their salvation. I'm just telling you what I can absolutely judge is they have not spent some time getting themselves acquainted with the Lord. That relationship has been broken up somehow, some way, and they need to, have, they need to get to know God. They need to get back in touch with Him. Go over to chapter 9, please. I want you to see this in verse 3. He says, in that day, he's talking about in this particular day, he says, that liars abounded. Look what he says in verse 3. They bend their tongues like their bow for lies. Ain't that interesting? They just, they're just downright artistic in their lies. 
If you've watched any uh, news lately, you probably have seen some of these artistic lies on the television uh, or on the, on the internet as you watch some of those videos. Uh, but that's how they are. They're just downright is- and artistic about it. He says there, but they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. They're, they're not fighting for the truth. They're not working to keep, keep truth upright, for they proceed from evil to evil. And here's the key phrase, and they know not me, saith the Lord. It's because they don't know the Lord, because they've not spent time with him, they're not acquainted with him. And because of that, if you go to verse 4, it says, Take ye heed every one of his neighbor, and trust ye not in any brother. For every brother will utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slanders. It is a shame to me, it is a shame to me, that this attitude of you can't trust people is not only the truth in the world at large, I would argue it is the attitude of many people of the people within the church. Now, whether it should be, whether they're right or not, we can debate that till the cows come home, but the fact is there are people who right now could tell you, I can't trust people in the church, and they can give you the stories about why. And y'all might be among the people that could tell some of those stories. Why is that happening? Why is it that we can't even trust anybody? It's because they don't know God. They can't be trusted, nor can they trust people. If you don't know God, if you're not acquainted with Him, if you're not intimate with Him, if you do not spend time with Him getting to know Him, you will not know the truth from a lie, and you won't know who to trust, and you won't be trustworthy. If you're still in chapter 9, look down with me to chapter 9, verse 24. Verse 24. He says, it's 924, uh, but let him that glorieth, glorieth in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. He says, if you're going to glory, if you're going to worship, if you're going to honor, if you're going to be exalted in anything, the one thing you need to be exalted in is knowing and understanding me. He says, I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. The fact of the matter is, people worship all sorts of things, don't they? I worship all sorts of things. You do too. There's all kinds of things. We, we, we look for things that make us feel like we're in charge. He talks about in verse 23 that they would, they, they would, be, uh, they would look for something to make them be wise. They want people to think they've got their act together. They're looking for strength he says there in verse 23 they're they're looking for the strength they 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 want wealth and what happens is depends on what you've got that's what you think is the most important so he was saying there that the wealthy people they would they would worship their riches because that's what they have the people that had a few brains in their head they would worship intelligence and wisdom and the people that were strong physically they would say well of course it's because i'm so strong And we all do this. Whatever I have is obviously the best. What you have, not that big a deal. But what I have is important. But why do we do this? It's because we do not know God. We are leaning on our own strengths instead of what he talks about there, his loving kindness, his judgment, his righteousness. Because Jesus has died and given us his his blood. He has given us his grace to save us and change us. That not only helps us, But do you know that it pleased the Lord, Isaiah 53, it pleased the Lord to bruise him? That's what it said. That this actually pleases God. And when you don't know God, not only, not only 
are you trusting in the wrong stuff, but you're missing what makes God happy. God is actually pleased with these things. And if you don't know God, if you don't really get to know him, you're never going to enjoy his grace and mercy. I do on Thursdays, and I think Bill put it in the bulletin this week. I'd ask him to do that, and I think I saw it in there. Um, these, this call it Thursday Encouragement. And it's a little thing I do on Facebook. If you're on Facebook and you get on there about 1 o'clock, you can see it live or you can watch it later. But um, this past week, one of the things that really got on my mind was how merciful God is. And, 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 and if you don't get to spend some time with God and really let Him speak to you and you speak to Him a little bit, if you don't do that, you're going to miss the fact that God really is good to you. Because what you can get real confused with is you can, I can look at my circumstances today versus yesterday and I can always find something to complain about. Always find something to complain about. But if I will stop a minute and look at God's view of the world and understand that I am what I am and without God, I am the man most miserable. But be with God, He has been so kind and so loving and never ever failing me and never leaving me and never putting away, putting me away. If I can get myself into that mindset, then I will say every minute of my life, really, if you really think about it, every minute of my life, if, you're, if you are not, not even if you're alive, if you are still not in hell, then you are blessed. Do you understand that? And the only reason you get to that kind of understanding, if you really allow that to sink in, it's because you get to know God, because you start talking to Him. You start thinking about what He's got to say. That's essential to really worshiping God. Go with me to chapter 10. I need to move on for the sake of time here. Uh, chapter 10, and verse 25. I'm going to hit this one very quickly. He says there that um, in yeah, chapter 10, 25, uh, pour out thy fury upon the heathen that know thee not and upon the families that call not out on thy name for they have eaten up Jacob and devoured him and consumed him and have made his habitation desolate this chapter 10 and the verses prior to this he just really is going on and on about what's wrong with the world and I bet if we took the time now we could go on and list a whole long list of stuff that's wrong with the world today he does admit in verse 24 that some of it's his fault but he is saying that God's judgment in verse 25 is going to be upon those that know thee not. If you don't know God, you're not going to see right, wrongs righted in your life. There's people that have done wrong against you, objectively wrong against you, and you're not going to see those wrongs righted. Instead, what you're going to see, if you do not know God, you're going to see God's hand of judgment against you. But if we, will see, if we are to see justice, true justice, and there some of you have instances in your life where you need to see justice, and it's the right thing to see justice, but if you're going to see justice, it's only going to come if you know God. Go with me now to uh, chapter 16. We're going over a few more chapters. Go to chapter 16. Chapter 16 and verse 31. Chapter 16 and verse uh, I said 31, 21, excuse me, there's only 21, 21 verses in that chapter. Um, he says there, um, therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know, I will cause them to know mine hand and my might, they shall know that my name is the Lord. 
Now, who is he talking about? It's important to go back to verse 20. These people, they, are, shall, they make themselves unto themselves, or make a God unto himself, and they are no gods. They are people who are worshiping and following after gods who they think is going to give them something they need, but these gods are impotent. They're not real. They cannot do anything for them. Because they do not know, that, know the one true God, they are following after these gods who are not going to help them at all. But if you want to know real power, real life-changing, world-changing power, you're only going to get that when you get to know the real God. When you, get to know, you do know you get to talk to God. Did you know that? Did you know that God wants to talk to you? He wrote 66 books down for you, every person in here, to read. We have it in our language, available for us. God himself revealing himself to us, and he says, you want to know real power? You get to know me. And I think sometimes the reason we don't have confidence, because we look around at the world and we see, oh my goodness, I, that, that's going to fail me, that's going to fail me, that's going to fail me. The reason we don't have the confidence that we need is because we don't know the one who should instill our confidence, and his name is God, Yahweh, Jehovah God. He's the one that has the confidence that we need. If you don't know him, you'll never know the real power of God. The last passage I want to turn you to is in verse, uh, chapter 31 and verse 34. Chapter 31 and verse 34. He says there, and he's, he's speaking about the new covenant which is a whole discussion that's worth having at some point, but for tonight just know that he's making a promise uh, of the future in which people's hearts will be changed. Uh, Y'all are experiencing this. If you know Jesus, he's changed your heart and he's transformed your mind. That's what he's talking about here. He's talking about this new covenant. So I'm just going to shortcut that, just to simply say that. But he says in, the, in this world, in verse 34, they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. The main thing I want to focus your attention on is that last little bit. These people know God. That's who he's talking about. These people know God. And because they know God, they do know God, they know his forgiveness. They truly know his forgiveness. They know freedom from sin like nobody else. They know that. If you don't spend the time to know God, to really hear from him, really talk to him, really become friends with him, become acquainted with him, if you don't know that, even if, and I will go so far as to say, even if you are one who has trusted in Jesus, but you are allowing your relationship with the Lord to lapse, you're just not talking to him. I think you'll never really understand the real power of forgiveness. You will miss what God has done for you, even though he's done it for you, even though you've accepted it. You will not fully appreciate what he's done for you. But the minute that you really spend some time with him and you know him, one of the things that should be right in front of your face all the time is he's forgiven you. And I mean that not in he's holding it over your head kind of way, but in a, man, he doesn't hold it over your head kind of way. Man, I'm free. That's what he provides to us. Truly knowing God, having a real, deep, intimate relationship with him is essential to becoming what I think we need to be as human beings. I think the one thing that's missing from my message at this point, I'm going to close at this point, but one thing that's missing from my message, and I'm going to leave you with this, 
So, well, how, how, do I, how do I do that? How do I do that? Let me just give you a passage to look at at a later time. I'm just going to close for the sake of time. I won't make you turn there, but in Jeremiah chapter 24 and verse 7, he says in so many words, if you want to know God, God's going to have to change your heart. You have to be one of his. You can't know him if you're not one of his. And if you are one of his and you are away from him, you're going to have to repent and come back to him. So you want to know God? God grants the gift of repentance. He grants the gift, of course, of regeneration. He grants the gift of reconciliation for those of us that are far, far away from him. But when we will accept his gifts, he's giving it to us. Do, do understand that God is giving you this. This is available to you. He's the one who provides it. Your job is to accept the gift that he's provided. And when that happens, that floodgate of blessings, I think, really does open up. If you really want to know God, you're going to have to do what I think you all know how to do. Pray, read your scripture, and do what it says. That is so easy to say and so hard to do, isn't it? It is for me. Forgive me if I'm the only one, but it is for me. Because I want to do like, uh, like uh, what is it, uh, Naaman over there. Is it Naaman? Yeah, Naaman. You want to you do this great thing for God. And God said, just, just talk to me. Read what I wrote and do what I tell you. If you do that, you'll get to know me. Things will be all right. Thank you for joining us for Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Pastor Matthew Tilley, and I'm so glad you joined us here. But if you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org.